Welcome back to Mortgageonomics Canada. I'm your host, Marco Gello. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in British Columbia and Alberta, born and raised in Calgary, currently living in North Vancouver. If you are from either of these provinces and require any mortgage-related services, please do not hesitate to contact me. Call or text me right now at 604-800-9593. 604-800-9593. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. All right, welcome back, everyone. Just going to do a timely here's what's on my mind segment this week uh, to discuss the September 6th Bank of Canada announcement and also to offer my opinion on what to consider going forward if you're contemplating making a purchase in this crazy environment um, or if you're about to renew or refinance. So without further ado, let's get at it. Okay, let's talk Bank of Canada. So yesterday, Tiff Macklem, the governor of the Bank of Canada, decided to keep the overnight rate steady at 5%. Not a huge surprise, considering the data that came out a few days prior to the announcement. And uh, it's important to note that this rate, by the way, 5%, isn't applicable to the general public like you and me. This rate is primarily used by lenders, central banks, and governments when they exchange or borrow funds amongst themselves daily. The, the rate that concerns us, on the other hand, is the, the general public. The most is um, known as prime rate, which closely follows the overnight rate of 5%, but with an additional premium added to it. So for the past few years, this premium has been 2.2%, resulting in today's prime rate of 7.2%. Therefore, when the Bank of Canada adjusts the overnight rate, banks typically follow suit with the same magnitude. So that's just a little bit of a background and all the hoopla. When this announcement comes out, we do get a ton of calls. It does not um, mean that fixed rates went up. This is primarily uh, any, any product that's linked to prime rate, which is, as we know today, uh, variable rate mortgage holders and people who also have home equity lines of credits. And furthermore, it will also extend out to perhaps your personal line of credit and, and maybe even your credit card. They don't seem to react as quickly, uh, but they, they do tend to, down the road, increase their interest rates as well. So just a heads up, that's why this causes a stir uh, in, in the world or in, in our country, at least with uh, yesterday's announcement, September the 6th. Um, so that is that. Earlier this week, the premiers of Canada's larger provinces, um, you know, prior to the rate announcement, David Eby of British Columbia, the premier, and Doug Ford of Ontario, uh, they also chimed into this effort and they, they emphasized how challenging the high interest rate environment is for the provincial finances. You know, both of them wrote letters to Tiff Macklem basically begging him <laughs> on behalf of Canadian households, of course, not to raise rates. And you might think, wow, that's great. You know, that that's what my government should be doing, advocating for me. Well, of course they should, but they're also using you as the front to really advocate for themselves as a government, as, as they too are, they, I mean, not too, but they are in a heap of deficit struggles themselves. So everyone knows governments are constantly trying to balance their own budgets and they're not the greatest at it. Uh, they too have debt that they are servicing on a daily or weekly or monthly basis. And not only do they have debt, but they have massive debt. So this high interest rate environment is also front and center 
on their agenda. So nice touch with the personal, you know, pleas that that they made with the letters. But do know it was also coming from a self-serving kind of angle. Um, You know, they're advocating for themselves as governments as well. But nonetheless, the message got through and and perhaps it it did, in fact, make a difference. And, uh, you know, the rates were left unchanged this time around. The July jobs and uh, GDP, gross domestic product figures, uh, were likely the most significant forces in the Bank of Canada's decision. However, the tightness in the labor market and um, also the persistent wage growth Uh, will continue to pose ongoing threats to inflation and the potential for rising interest rates in the future. So looking ahead, there are two more rate announcements for 2023, uh, October 25th and December the 6th. Before the next announcement in October, several crucial data reports will be released, like the jobs report, CPI index, um, unemployment numbers, wage growth, GDP, all of those things. These data sets have been the main source of intel for the Bank of Canada as as all along they have been acknowledging that they will continue to rely on on this data for their ongoing policy choices. Um, So that's kind of the summary of um, yesterday's post-press announcement. Are you at the stage where you're wondering if now is the time for you to make your next move? Maybe you've never owned a home before, or perhaps you own one now but have outgrown it. Or maybe you have some debt that you'd like to roll into your mortgage. Whatever the case may be, maybe you want some answers, but you're not quite ready to commit to the next steps of getting approved. And don't worry, I totally get it. Maybe you just want to work through some numbers on your own time and not feel pressured to do anything. And if that's the case, text me at 604-800-9593 and I'll reply with my mobile app, which is truly amazing. It's loaded with a bunch of thoughtful calculators that allow you the freedom to work out all of your what-if scenarios. It includes everything you need to estimate your home ownership costs like mortgage qualification scenarios, self-inputted pre-approval certification, access to market rates, stress test qualification calculators, land transfer tax calculators, closing cost explanations, and much more. The perfect tool for someone who's on the fence about moving ahead or staying put. So don't be shy. Go ahead and text me the words Marco's app, and I will simply reply with a direct link to the app and we'll leave it at that. No strings attached. Call or text me at 604-800-9593. 604-800-9593. And now, back to the episode. Now that that we've discussed mainly the critical data sets that influence the Bank of Canada's decisions, let's talk about some other trends and conditions that are also impacting the economy um, to varying degrees. First off, the, the Canadian real estate market is experiencing considerable volatility, unpredictability, and uh, ongoing affordability challenges. Depending on your circumstances, the, the current environment can present either opportunities or significant obstacles. As a mortgage broker, the transaction I've seen, you know, the multitude of transactions that I've seen throughout this environment have been so broad spectrum. Like I mentioned in a previous episode, the last episode, I've handled transactions ranging from like joyful, euphoric home purchases to 
last minute, last resort type of refinancing solutions for families in distress. It's, it's a truly unusual landscape to, to live and, uh, and operate in right now. It's a pretty crazy environment. And perhaps the biggest statistic outside the critical data sets that the Bank of Canada relies on, um, the influx of over a million new arrivals in Canada. And according to Benjamin Tell not long ago, that could have been an undercount of, of a, what they're saying, another million. Um, through immigration, um, you know, this influx is definitely helping to support the market in obvious ways. Like you don't have to be an economist to determine how one million people will affect an economy. Like plain and simple, it is critical mass and plain and simple, it is demand, you know, of many sorts. Some even see this influx as the force that will potentially lead us to a soft landing. Um, while this makes sense in one way, it, it also brings, however, unintended consequences uh, such as ongoing inventory issues and an ever-escalating affordability crisis. And here's also one other thing that's repeatedly forgotten. Like, it's it's in the old news file, and I, I remember reading about this several years ago, but it, it crept up again here, and, and really, it's it's massive. It's, it's, uh, it's an ongoing force in the markets, and really, it's difficult to gauge the degree of its uh, positive in terms of statistics, uh, the degree of its positive impact. And what I'm referring to is this super huge accomplishment of the last four decades of lifting over 1 billion people from the ranks of poor to, you know, like an entry-level standard of the developed world. This should, at, at the very least, be an ongoing indicator of some sort. Like, I don't think there is, but there should be some type of data set that is generated frequently to monitor the impact of this demographic. Because, you know, as you graduate from one class to another, like, like this massive group is, the demand on everything uh, is, you know, exponential. So to think that we can fine-tune something like inflation with just a few data reports like we are attempting to do right now and a simple practice or tool of of either increasing or decreasing the overnight rate um it's, it's just ridiculous you know when you really think about it like you just have one button or one lever to control this this massive economy but in a world like we have, you know, with tons of moving parts and different financial ecosystems from around the world that really don't share accurate information with each other, um, I guess it's the best we can do, right? So I do acknowledge the financial news of the day and for the most part account for them, um, you know, for all this, all these data and, and all that stuff. I, I account for that in my own decision making for finance and business, but I do also account for other things that that really aren't well publicized and documented or tallied because to be blunt, not everything is accounted for. So heads up, always know that there is an argument, you know, against the news of the day, regardless of whether it's good news or bad news. There's always another side to the story. Um, yeah. So I don't know how I just arrived at this, but uh, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking right now. So, so that brings us to the, the question, what should I do? You know, there's no easy answer 
to this. It's definitely not a one answer serves all type of reply, but I'll give you my own personal thoughts. If you are purchasing, like if you're in the process of purchasing a home, analyze your finances and cash flow to see if buying in the current environment is feasible. Like really do the math. While you may not be thrilled with today's interest rates, like I get that, but keep in mind you will likely renew at a rate in the future that could very well be 20 to 40% lower than they are today. So, however, the, you know, the, the same cannot be said for the real estate market. Five years from now, I really doubt that real estate will be 20 to 40% lower. So, I'm in the short term pain, long term gain. Uh, camp when it comes to buying right now. Uh, like I said, do the math and see if you can make it happen in today's environment. And uh, if so, I, I would proceed. I would still make plans. And like I said, if it makes sense, um, I would. I would purchase it. I'm simply convinced that we will be running in deficit mode for real estate inventory for many, many years to come. Uh, let's move on to if you are refinancing, if you're renewing what should you do? A uh, little bit different here because let's say for renewal, you really have no choice. You have to make a decision. So um, explore your options and make decisions based on really careful analysis. So again, like really do the math um, before making that decision. You got to be swift, vigilant, and uh, you know at one point decisive. Got to make the decision. Most importantly, do not automatically um, give the business back to your existing lender um, without without testing them. So uh, challenge it. Whatever whatever they come back with, uh, as far as your renewal rate or your refinance quote, um, get someone else to have a look at it. Um, and and like that's the least you can do because there, there's a lot of uh, I mentioned it before. There's there's quite a bit of manpower required to properly offer um, multiple mortgage options to customers. And uh, many of the, the people that you're receiving the renewal offers from simply do not have the credentials. So unless they're challenged, then they will take it back to their higher channels and request a more experienced underwriter to put some options together for these people. Um, but for the most part, they're just offering you... Um, the quotes that they're receiving and that's it and nine times out of ten those quotes are not competitive um so that's it and you know like i mentioned before if you're not getting the support from your banker or broker to help you properly assess your options then move on to another there's simply too much at stake so um yeah call me right now let's chat about your options um call or text 604-800-9593 all right that's all I got for today. Call or text me anytime if you have any mortgage questions at all, especially if you're in British Columbia or Alberta, as I'm licensed to service these specific provinces. And especially if you are from Vancouver or Calgary, as I'm very familiar with these markets. And of course, I welcome calls and emails from all over the country and the entire world for those that are in the process of or have recently relocated or immigrated to Canada from elsewhere. Or for those who have moved from one province to another, as I specialize in new to Canada and relocation mortgage applications. Call or text me at 604-800-9593 or you can get me on WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger or just go ahead and link up to my website, homefinancingsolutions.ca. Thank you again for tuning in to Mortgage Genomics Canada. Stay well, everyone. Talk again soon.